Yeah, like seriously, just pray and go home. That was amazing. So, uh, guys, welcome to Impact City Church again. How are y'all doing this morning? Can we get a round of applause? Come on. Let me tell you something. We have been, uh, we've been kind of messing up this morning with the sound and the audio, but you know what? God is still good. Amen? It don't matter what the sound looks, sounds like. It don't matter. Well, it does a little bit because you want it to sound good. You don't want someone dying like, sounding like a dying coyote up on stage. But you want it to sound good, right? And so but it's okay. If it's just it's praises. And i tell you what sounded better than, than us on stage was hearing you guys sing back. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Nothing but the blood. Guys, if you would, please, if you didn't get one of these, guys, uh, just go ahead and get one from Dan today. Uh, this is our worship folders. Inside there, you'll find a lot of information about the church and who we are and what we do and what we believe. And uh, there's also even more information on our website. So you guys get, some, get one of these, take it home, look at it, study it, and uh, just, you know, just, just look it over. Also, another important thing that's inside that worship folder is the connection card. This is how we stay connected to you. If you are a guest here today or if you have an uh, address change, if you've moved or something, uh, this is for you. If you would please uh, fill it out. And if you're not a guest and you're owner of Impact City Church and anyone really, there's a prayer request on the back of there. Uh, I want to see prayer requests every week. If you got nothing to pray about, then something's wrong. So God, I want to be praying for you guys. As your pastor, as your, as your leader, I want to be praying for you guys. I, I pray every day. Uh, I, I take these every week and I have a stack of them by my bed. And I just look over them and I pray for them every night. And in the mornings when I wake up, um, I, just, I always have them on me. So seriously, you know, no, no joke. Please write something on here. I will be praying for you guys. Um, also, if you're owner of Impact City, there is an offering envelope inside that worship folder. This is for our owners. We have owners and not members here at Impact City. Why? Because members have perks. Owners have responsibilities. And so as an owner of Impact City, one of our responsibilities is to give to the cause because we support. That's where your heart is at. And so if you're an owner, uh, go ahead and fill up the offering envelope. If you want to just give a donation to Impact City, fill up the offering envelope. And then the basket's going to be passed around at the end of service. So uh, just go ahead and get, your, uh, get everything filled out and ready for that as well. Well, last week we had a pretty awesome week here at Impact City. Amen. If you were here, I mean, you know what, we, what went down. We had, uh, we barbecued. Okay, we barbecued. We jumped in the jump house. Uh, Ray brought his car over, man. We, we were like checking out Ray's car and wondering how like we can't, we'll never have something as nice as that. Uh, Dan brought his caddy out here and we we're like, that's nice and I don't have that. And then we also had uh, policemen uh, over here for the good reasons, not the bad reasons. We had CCPD show up. And I was like, I walked out, I was like, man, you know, they were coming. So it kind of freaked me out when I heard the sirens. Uh, we did egg hunts and we kind of let the kids from the community come over. We had over 2,000 eggs that uh, we kind of set out there and let the kids kind of go for. Uh, we raced. John Carlo and Dan had a foot race and I think Dan won that race. I think Dan won that race. He had the long stride. Uh, we jammed out. We played an awesome, amazing time in worship. But what matters most is that four people gave their life to Jesus last week. Can we get an amen for that? That never gets old. But this week, I want to get back into our Gospel of Mark. We've been going verse by verse through the Gospel of Mark since the first weekend of January. Verse by verse, not skipping anything. This whole series on the Gospel of Mark is probably going to take us a year to two years. So if you're one of those people that like four-week series, this is probably not going to work out for you very well. We're going to be in it for the long haul. We're going to have fun along the way, and we're going to kind of change it up every once in a while. So, uh, you know, this is just us getting back on track to where we left off. So if you would, please open up to Mark 2. 23. Mark 2, 23. 
If you have your iPhones or your, or your, your tablets, turn them on, scroll down to Mark 2.23. If you're old school like me and you have a Bible, just, you know, it's open it up. It's, towards the, it's in the New Testament. I'm going to warn you guys today that uh, it's going to be a little bit of a, uh, you know, okay, well, if you're a nerd like me, a Bible nerd, you're going to love this sermon. If you're one of those people that's like, I just don't understand big words like that, just hold on with me. We're going to get through it. But uh, it's just going to be kind of a, a lesson in theology and uh, some stuff like that. So uh, just bear with me. I'm going to make it fun. I promise I will. So I want to talk to you today about the word Sabbath. Y'all say it with me, Sabbath. Sabbath. The Hebrew word for the word Sabbath is a Shabbaton. Y'all say it, Shabbaton. Shabbaton, okay? It is one of the Ten Commandments. It's actually number four if you're taking notes. And you got to know that the word Sabbath and the idea and the commandment of Sabbath has caused a lot of division and to strive in the church. In fact, the church of Seventh-day Adventists actually broke off from the main church because of the idea of Sabbath, the fourth commandment. Because when God said to observe the, the Sabbath day, I mean, they, they, they broke off because of that. You know, they go, well, what's going on? I don't understand that. Let me break that down. The Jewish calendar... On the Jewish calendar, the Sabbath is actually from Friday evening to Saturday evening, okay? Because the way they judge their days is from sunup to sundown, really from sundown to sunup. So the first thing they would do in the day is they would go to sleep, okay? Wouldn't that be awesome? You wake, you know, there's a new day, it's Monday, go to sleep. Like, that would be awesome, you know? And so, I, I, I mean, honestly, I think they have it right, you know? And, and the Sabbath day is, is on the Saturday, and because they celebrated the Sabbath um, from Friday evening to, 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 to Saturday evening, there became some strife whenever Jesus uh, died and was resurrected. Did we celebrate that last week? You know, the guy coming back from the dead, Res Day is what we called it. Uh, when Jesus died and was resurrected, the new church, the new Christian church started celebrating their Sabbath, their day of worship, their day of, of coming together and worship on the first day of the week, which is Sunday Sunday's not the last day of the week. Sunday's the first day of the week. Look at your calendars. And they started celebrating it on Sunday because it was the first day, the first fruit. The, the Bible says to bring God your first of everything. So the first thing they would do on Sundays, they would worship together. And they would bring together their tithes and their offerings. They would bring together everything that they had on the first part of the week. And they would serve and worship Him on the first day of the week. Well, some churches, including uh, certain Jewish cultures and even the seven-day Adventists said, well, no, 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 the Sabbath is still the fourth. Why are we celebrating on Sunday? And they actually broke off. So there was some strive there. It caused a lot of strive in the church. Many people have been stressing out about this, and it's just been causing problems. And that's exactly what we're going to see here in Mark. We're going to see the, the idea of Sabbath causing some strive within a group of people here. Last week, uh, we read, uh, actually not last week, I'm sorry, it's been a few weeks. The last time we were in Mark, uh, Pastor Paul Bowden from uh, Lexington Baptist Church came over and he taught us about fasting. And he taught us about all the, the Pharisees had this religious mindset about fasting, and how, how, how fasting was to be done and the rules of fasting and all that. And now we're going to see Jesus into a, an issue of Sabbath with the Pharisees. And I'm going to tell you right now, they're not that much better about fasting than they were about uh, the Sabbath. They're about the same. They're really messed up on both issues here. And so just check this out. This is Mark 2, 23. We'll go ahead and get started here. Because one Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields. And as he made their way, and as they made their way, 
his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And I read it again to you guys. He said, On the Sabbath they were going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Not lawful, guys. Not lawful. I mean, against the law, against what's going, against what is right, they're doing what is not lawful. What are they doing? They're picking some heads of grain. Picking some heads of grain, which, if you know anything about the disciples, it was a sacrificial life to be a disciple. You weren't a disciple unless you were living for Jesus 100%. So for them to even be picking grain on, to eat, it means that they were literally dirt poor. I mean, that, I mean, they were, I mean and you got to understand, Jesus could probably have turned some of those grains into like Twinkies or something, you know? But he said, no, pick the grain. And so they were picking the grain. And here come these Pharisees coming up, and they say, man, what are they doing that for? That's against the law on the Sabbath. It's against the law to pick the grain on the Sabbath. Here's the problem with the Pharisees. That they were so into the laws. They were so into what God wanted them to be doing. And they were so into not breaking the laws. In fact, the Pharisees took God's law, and then they went ahead and one-upped it. Actually, 600 times upped it. They said, we're going to make over 600 new laws to prevent us from breaking God's law. So we're going to have to follow God's law, and on top of God's law, we've got to follow 600 more laws that we made up to make sure that we don't break God's law. Because if we break God's law, then we are eternally messed up and separated from God because we have sinned. And we don't want to sin, so we're going to go ahead and make sure we follow 600 other laws to prevent us from doing that law. Talk about an insurance policy. 600 other laws. These laws are written in this thing called the Tamud. Y'all say that, Tamud. Tamud. That's not just your uncle's name. That's Tamud. Okay, Tamud. Basically, it's a commentary written on the Torah. Y'all see Torah. Torah, 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 Torah. Torah, not Dora, 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 the Explorer. Dora, Torah. Torah was the first five books of the Bible. So the Pharisees took the first five books of the Bible, which was God's law. You talk about Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. That was God's law, Genesis and Exodus. That was all wrapped up in there. And they said, here is God's law. We don't want to screw this up too bad. So we're going to do 600 more laws on top of that to make sure we, we watch these laws carefully and don't break them. Okay. And so these laws, I can bore you with going through all 600 of them. I don't know them by, by my mind, but I could go through them. But these laws are like ridiculous laws. Like so on during the Sabbath, they couldn't even make food. They couldn't even make food. They would have to like cook their meals before and then eat them on the Sabbath, right? Uh, they, they could not walk more than so many feet within an area. So if you had to walk around somewhere, like literally the day before the Sabbath, you would find what you needed and you would sit down. That was where you were going to be for the next 24 hours, homie. You weren't going to move because if you moved, you might break the law. You know, and so they would walk so many steps per day, okay? Um, they could not take a bath because that was considered work. So you can imagine that just stunk right there, you know? Um, check this out. They could not even wipe themselves after using the restroom. That was considered work. Dang. Most of you guys don't do that now. I'm just joking. Ouch. 
And they definitely were not supposed to be picking grains, heads of grain in the fields. That was bad. That was wrong. That was considered work. You're going into a field. A field was a place of work. And you were going to a place of work and you were picking fields. You were actually doing a job on the Sabbath. And they were like, whoa, they cannot do that. That's wrong. That's against the law. Jesus, look at your disciples, man. Get them in check. Check them out. They are messing up. Surely you cannot be this bad, Right? Check out what Jesus does to respond. Check out Jesus' response here. I love it. Verse 25. And he said to them, Have you ever read what David did when he was in the need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Apathar, and the high priest ate the bread of at the time of Apathar, the high priest, and he ate the bread of the presence. Basically this, is that during, back in the day, they would have uh, the, the synagogues, the churches, the areas, they would come over and they would have the bread and they would have a bunch of stuff there and that was only required for the priest. It was only for the people that were running the church and David went into there with his army and they ate that food on the Sabbath day. And because it was a need, it was, it was something they needed. Says uh, that he, uh, but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And then Jesus said this: "says the Sabbath was not made for man. Oh, so the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even on the Sabbath." Jesus tells him, "Hey guys, you guys, y'all are missing the point here. Like it's gone." You know, over your head, completely. You guys have messed up everything. You guys have just gone overboard with this whole idea of what it means to Sabbath. And he shows him through example of David. He says, check David out, man. When David was, was commander in his army, they came over and they went over and they went into the, the synagogue and they ate what was not supposed to be eaten by anyone else but the priest because it was a necessity and that's okay because it was a necessity. It was something they needed and it was on the Sabbath. They needed that. They were for nourishment. They needed that. They needed rest. They needed comfort. They needed, they needed that moment at that, at, that, at that time. They needed that and that's okay. He tells us also that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So many people are like thinking like, I got to do all these things on the Sabbath. We tend to forget that we were here first, yo. Like God created man first and then he said, okay, then we're going to institute the Sabbath into this. Because man needs a day of rest. We need a Sabbath. The word Sabbath literally means rest. He says we need the Sabbath. And then he said, uh, uh, he goes on to say this, as if you don't even believe me, if you want one more step further, check out, dude, I am the Lord of Sabbath. He said, the Son of the Man is Lord even on the Sabbath. Dude, I'm the Lord of Sabbath. If anyone knows what's going on about the Sabbath, it's me, bro. So what's the problem here? Like, what's, what's the problem here? There's actually two problems here. If you're taking notes uh, anywhere in your worship folder, uh, in your journals, uh, just write this down. The, the first problem with us in the Sabbath is, is our busyness. Busyness. The Pharisees were always too busy and stressing out about the law to so even relax in the Sabbath. They were so into the Sabbath and they were so messed up. And you know what? We can do the same thing. We're too busy in life. Too busy. We're here in the Western world, we are just overrun with busyness. Single moms and single dads know what I'm talking about. You work longer hours at work. You work harder jobs just to keep going. You keep going and going and going. 
Even for us Marys, uh, us married, not us Marys, that's, that's, that sounds funny. Even for us married people, we find ourselves working more and more and more just to pay the bills, amen? Man, here comes the telephone bill, here comes the cell phone bill, here comes, you know, if you have older kids, your, your daughter just rang up like 6,000 minutes in, on, on her cell phone bill, right? And it's like all these bills are coming up, you've got to work more hours and more overtime. Some of us even have to work two or three jobs just to make ends meet. I know one guy is working four jobs right now, four jobs. That's insane. I mean, how do you even find time to even worship God because you're working so much? We've got so much work. There is need and necessity, and I understand that. If you're parents, you know this for sure. If you're parents, life is busy, amen? We're doing Mother's Day next, uh, in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this, but, but we know that we got soccer games. You know, we got school plays, and we got kids' functions. If you're a parent, and you spend more time with yourself than your kid, you got a problem there. You should be spending, indulging as much time into your kid as possible because you're building up disciples in your kids. And so you got field trips, and you got luncheons, you got parent-teacher conferences, you probably got basketball season, and you got football season, you got baseball season, you got fall ball, you got spring ball. You got all these things going on. You're busy trying to keep up with that. If you're a homeowner, you know even, even more, if you're a homeowner and you're a good homeowner, you understand what it takes to keep up with the house. You got to cut the grass, you got to power wash the outside to prevent mildew from starting to build up on your house. You got to make sure the gutters are clean. You got to make sure the trees are trimmed. You got to do the gardening and make sure everything looks nice. Because if it doesn't look nice, you can actually tell what kind of person you are by the outside of your house. Because most women think that way, you know, right? And so even women on the inside of your house, you got to clean the rooms, you got to pick up the trash, you got to do laundry, you got to bake, you got to cook, you got to do all these things. You got to scrub the toilets, or you tell your husband to do it, he won't do it right, you got to go back and do it again. And so you do all these things, and it's busy work. It's busy work. You get to tell your kids to clean their room, then you got to go back and clean it yourself. I mean, it's busy, constantly busy, busy busy and we were afraid to stop doing all these things because we were so much things to do and we were afraid if we stop being busy the workload is going to start building and building and building and just like a stack of books that you stack too high one day it's going to fall on top of you staying busy to me though is it, 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 it's it's almost pointless because it never ends it never ends. There's always going to be one more school play. There's always going to be one more thing to do. There's always going to be something else that you got to go do. There's always something more to do. I'm not saying don't work hard. No, seriously. God wants us all, all, all men, y'all got to be butt busters here, man. Y'all got to work hard. I'm talking blood, sweat, tears. Uh, you know, I, want, I want you guys working hard. I'm not talking about that. But what I'm, I'm saying is don't work so much that you neglect the things that are most important to you. That's what you got to do, man. And so staying busy, to me, it's like filling a bucket full of sand that has a big hole in it. You're never going to fill it up. Because there's always going to be something else pulling you and pulling you and pulling you. Ancient Greeks have two words for the, the word time. One is a pretty common word that everyone knows. It, it, everyone kind of knows it. It's, called the, it's the word chronos. Y'all say chronos. Chronos. From the word chronos, we get the word chronologically or chronicle or chronic. It's chronos, okay? There's the meaning that when we say chronos, it means this time marches on. There's always time going, always time. Chronos was a minor god in Greek mythology. This deity was actually a glutton, a cannibal, and he gorged himself on his own children. 
who's always consuming and never satisfied, chronos. That's where we get the word chronologically, chronos, that's a Greek word. The other word for time that the Greeks have is the word karyos. Say, say karyos. Karyos. Karyos means time as a gift. Time as opportunity. Time as a season. It is time pregnated with purpose. Time in kuros means whenever we say someone, when we talk to someone with the word kuros in mind, we say, what time is it? No, we say, but what time is it for? And you see the difference there? We don't say, what time is it? We say, what's it time for? What's this opportunity? What, what time is it now? What time is it? What, what is the moment that we are in right now? One is not, not rather, what is the moment that we can give into? Other than what, what is the season of life that we are in? Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything. And that's exactly what this is saying. That there was a time for everything in life. What time is it? Karyos and Kronos. I want to ask you, which do you live in? Do you live in a Kronos time that keeps marching on and devouring every moment of your life? Kronos time is the guy that never can say no to work. Because when you're working and working and working, your kids are growing and growing, you get to come back and it's be like Cats in the Cradle, bro. You know that song by Cats, Cats in the Cradle? You know what I mean? I'm not going to sing it because I tried to sing the Frozen song last, a couple of weeks ago and you all laughed at me. So it's a story about this dad who just works and works and works. And one day his boy is like trying to play ball with him and trying to do things with him. And he's too busy to spend time with his boy. Because he thinks that if he does this, his boy would be proud of him. And it's, it's the the most dumbest thing that a father can think that a son would be proud of you for you spending time away from him. And so eventually the son grows older and whenever the, the dad wants to spend time with his son, the son goes, I got, I got no time, dad. I'm busy. I got business trips. I got meetings. I got this. I got that. I got no time for you, dad. I'm sorry. That's the Kronos mindset. Are you living in the Karyos mindset? The, you're the person that savors the moment. You're the person that says, now is the most beautiful time in my life. This is the moment in my life where I am just young. We have a great family. If you're young with kids, this is the time that you want to like start going out to the beach. You want to start investing with your kids. This, uh, listen, this is the time that you want to start spending every night with your family, reading them stories, reading them the Bible, preaching into them, pouring into them. This is the moment where you start doing stuff like that in your life. This is the curious time. That is where we want to be in life. We don't want to be chronos. The Chinese have two symbols. You know the Chinese symbols? There's two symbols that make up the one symbol for time. It's heart and killing make up the word time. We can invest so much time, but eventually, I think the Chinese have it right, we're killing ourselves when we put too much time in the wrong things. The other problem that we have is focus when it comes to Sabbath. Number one was busyness. Number two was focus. The Pharisees had lost focus of what, was, of what the Sabbath was all about. Jesus says in verse 28, The Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath. He says, I am Lord even on the Sabbath. The focus on the Sabbath for the Pharisees was not, was not the Lord, but rather their works. What are we going to do to make sure the Sabbath is done right? if we're not careful, we can lose focus on what it means to be in the Sabbath. Have you guys ever taken a vacation somewhere, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to relax, and then you get there, and just, it just goes bad? 
a few years ago, in fact, I think it was like last year, we were going to San Antonio, and, uh, and we had gone, we were going to go to Fiesta, uh, no, SeaWorld, it was SeaWorld, and just like everything was going wrong. I'm all ready to go in the morning, I'm all excited, I'm like, yeah, boy, we're going to go see the big whale, you know, so we're going, and we're driving up to SeaWorld, right, and then we get like this traffic, and we're stuck in traffic for like, it seemed like 16 hours, but it was probably like an hour, and we finally hit the freeway, and we finally get into San Antonio in 16, uh, a 410 loop or whatever, and we're going on there, and there's traffic and traffic, and we get to SeaWorld, right, and we're just tired because we wanted to get there like at 10 o'clock, we ended up getting there to like 3 o'clock, okay? So like half of our day is already wasted. And so we're, we're walking up there, we're at the park like 50 miles away in the parking lot, we're lugging around, scholars are like young in the stroller, and we're going and going and going, and Sarah had brought this bag of pretzels, right? This big bag of pretzels for snacks, because we're cheap and we like to save money, we, we, we use our money wisely, right? And we get up to the gate, right? And I walk through, security checks me, I'm good. Security walks up, and I'm like, oh, you can't bring those bags of pretzels in here, right? And Sarah's like, well, it says that I can bring so many ounces for a snack, and this is enough ounces for, you know, it's, it's like six ounces times three. You know what I mean? And so this is enough ounces for my kids. And I'm like, no, no, it's only so much. Or either you open the bag and you throw it away, and, and dump out and only keep so much, or you throw the whole thing away. I was like, really? Oh, and so oh, you gave it back to your truck. And I was so, this is how real your pastor is. I was so livid. Uh, I just opened the bag and I just kind of threw it right there in front of him in the trash can. I was like, fine, whatever. We go. You don't want us to eat the pretzels? We'll eat the pretzels. And I was so upset the rest of the day. I didn't even care about the whale. The whale's like, Wah! you know, splashing. I'm like, my pretzels. You know, like I was so upset about the pretzels. It ruined my day. You know, and we were driving back. I was like, I didn't even feel like I relaxed. I was so angry the whole day, I didn't even feel like I relaxed. A couple of weeks later, we went back up there because, you know, we had another couple of passes. So we went back up to, to SeaWorld. And I said, I don't care who makes me mad. I'm not going to let it get to me. And I'm going to love my kids. And I'm going to play with my kids. And I'm going to show my kids. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my kids in the dolphin pool. I'm gonna, and they're going to have a blast, man. They're going to have a great time. And you know what? The second time around, I had the best time of my life at SeaWorld. We laughed. We ate hot dogs. We ate popcorn, man. It was awesome, dude. My kids even noticed it. They were like, Dad, it looks like you're having a good time. Not like last time when you went all crazy on the security guard. You know, like, that's real. That's who we are here. Welcome to Impact City. Your pastor's real. You know, like. And the way we solve those problems is staying focused. Keeping focused on the Sabbath is a rejection of the chronos and a stepping into the karyos. Keeping the Sabbath is a fasting of the busyness of the week. So one the other week, we're going to fast from just busyness. I know what fasting is. We talked about that. We fast in Impact City every so often, where we go without food, or we go without, uh, we, we fast, we're, we're, we're uh, praying, whatever it takes, we're fasting. And this thing that the Sabbath is a fasting from the busyness of the week. Sabbath is a weekly practice of instilling ourselves and taking rest in the shadow of God. So that even in the rest of the week, we have a still soul to reflect upon that we are able to remember what is important in life because of that Sabbath. You can go and go in life, and if you never take a Sabbath, never take a break, you're going to ride like thunder, you're going to crash like, you're going to ride like lightning and crash like thunder. You can go and go and go and go and go and go, and eventually your legs are going to just give out. 
See, we know God in our busyness. We can know Him in our business. We can be going through life and be praying, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you. We could be going through life, and, and while we're driving to and from work, we could be worshiping God, or we could be praising Jesus on the way. We could be reading our Bibles at work while we're trying to, like, do whatever we're doing over here. If you're a mom, you're like, you know, you're kids, you know, you're reading your Bible, and you can do that, and then the kids in the bottom are like, Mom, 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 Mommy, Mom, Mom, you know, and it's like, bugging you. You're like, hold on, I'm reading John. You know, like, I'm reading the reading gospel, you know, and we can go through life and we can know God through our business, but it's not until we know God in the stillness of him that we fully appreciate the wholeness of God. That's why scripture says in Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. He ain't saying, dude, do some, you know, you know, start, you know, cleaning the house and know that I'm God. Go to work and know that I'm God. And he says, no, dude, stop it. Be still. And let me marinate into you for a little while. Let me soak into you for a little while. Let, just, st- just, just shut up. Just stop doing everything you're doing and listen and let me just soak into your life. Because it is in those quiet times with God that we understand we hear Him. Too many times we don't even hear from God. We think we hear from God, but we're too busy talking and talking and talking and talking that we don't slow down to really hear from God. Shut up. Let him talk. God, because I, I was just kind of like, oh, man, dude, I want to say something, but he just, he, he, he looks like he, he, he thinks he knows what he wants to do, but I haven't even told him anything because I started to tell him something and then he went off on a tangent. I don't, he's like chasing a rabbit hole. Then, you know, he's like so off. Like, just be still and know that I am God. God wants us to live a life of giving rest. God wants us to live a life that, that has rest. Because it is a gift that we are able to do the Sabbath. It is a gift that God says, I'm giving you this commandment to be in Sabbath. The scary thing is if we refuse to rest, God's going to make us rest. What's the famous Psalm 23? He makes me lie down with my side still waters. About a year ago or earlier this year in around July and everything, I was so overworked with the church plant and everything, what we were doing and coming here. I was busy. I was working. Um, I was working six days and getting only two days off. So I was averaging 72 hours a week for about two years. And this was already towards the end of that time. And I was unwinding at the, from the core. And I could not just take a rest. Because on, on, on my six days, on my two days off, I was doing ministry. And within that time, I was trying to hold my family together. And we're just going and going and going and going and going. I'm a bivocational pastor. I don't believe in just being a pastor that just comes and preaches. I'm a pastor that goes and does things, right? And so I'm doing and doing and doing. I'm going 100 miles an hour. And finally God says, you know what? You need to take a break, bro. You need to like be still. He's like torn meniscus. And one day my knee was popping and I had to take about six weeks off to have a surgery and recuperate. And I was forced to sit in my butt the whole time and watch TV or read my Bible or, you know, do stuff like that and not be able to do anything. I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. Cameron came over and was like, dude, I got you some ice, man. I feel sorry for you. I mean, that's how we were into it like that. It was like, just settle down, Felix. Guys, if if you keep going like this, if you don't take time to rest and bask in the greatness of God within that Sabbath, I pray for you, man. One day he's going to get you. Because <laughs> he says, you cannot do this. You have to worship me. Eventually you have to stop 
and worship me because you owe him. And he wants to bless you with that Sabbath so bad. He wants to bless you with rest. Keeping the Sabbath is a very simple concept, but it's doing it that we find difficult. We know we have to rest. So on the Sabbath, on your Sabbath, this is the application for your life right here. On the Sabbath, whatever it is, just don't do work. Whatever you call work, don't do it. Relax. Now, whatever it is, just don't do it. It's a day of rest. Now, also, it's a day of recreation. So whatever recreates you, do that. Man, dude, I love hunting, dude. I love blasting a hole inside of a marano, dude. I love that. That is relaxing to me. I love that. So you know what I do sometimes on the Sabbath? I go hunt. Nothing like being in a deer blind, watching the sun come up, and the fog lifting up off the ground and understand the greatness of God. Some of you love the fish, man. You're out there in Copano Bay. You're fishing. You love that. You just smell the salt air and everything. That is what recreates you. Is that work? Heck no, dude. That's relaxing, man. Some of you love to fellowship. Me and Sarah, we love to fellowship, man. You know what's relaxing to us? As crazy as it is, having a house full of kids and having a bunch of people in the house throwing down some barbecue. That is relaxing to us. I get that from my parents. We love to party. You know, I love fellowship. Some of us like to jam out and play guitar or drums or something or cojon or whatever it is. We like to play and that is relaxing to us. So do that. But don't neglect God in any of those things. Because then you're just being a Pharisee and you're losing focus. So when you're hunting or fishing, you see God in the sunset, the sunrise. You see God in nature. When you're jamming out, you're doing praises to the Lord. You're not jamming some filth that is not going to fill you up with good stuff. Okay? When you have friends and family over, you're doing it because you're, you're, you're loving God. You're showing the gospel through your love and through your actions. That is where we need to be. Whatever it is that you find as, a, as, as, as Sabbath, do it and do it willingly. And remember... Don't legalize it. Don't be so, so legalistic about it. It's a gift to you. Enjoy it. It's one of the things that God gives us that we can actually bask in. Amen? Let's pray. Guys, as you, uh, you sit here today and you're just thinking about your Sabbath and the things that that you got going on in life, you may, be, you may be a little convicted. Maybe you're saying, I don't take time to rest in God. I don't have those moments where I get to, to come and just bask in His glory. And you know what? If that is you here today, that's okay. God says start now. It's never too late to start fully following God. So you know what? Whatever it is you have planned today, whatever work is pulling you away, whatever it is, just say no. Just say no and say, oh, my God is bigger, my God is better. If you're stressed out about finances, if you're stressed out about all that, you say, I can't take a Sabbath because I've got to be working. My, my question to you is, are you being obedient in your offerings, your tithes and offerings? Because God says when you are obedient in that, I will give you all that you need. And one thing that you need is a Sabbath to rest. So maybe there's something you've got to wrestle with there. And that's something you want to talk to me about, whatever, come talk to me. 
But whatever it is in your life that you have to realign so you can start taking the Sabbath, do it. Don't neglect it. We always say here at Impact City that one day our worst mistakes, one day our best excuses will become our worst mistakes. And I fully believe that when we make excuses, one day we're going to look back and we're going to regret every single one of those excuses. So today, let's stop making excuses. Let's start basking in the glory of God, loving what God is doing in our lives. And let's come rest partake in his life and what he has done for us marvel in that and worship an almighty god who sent his son to die for you and me here today amen